you with another episode of Here the Spear. This is out of Fight Little Game Day. I'm Ryan Stalder, accompanied by my former NFL corner, Florida State great, Corey Fuller, along with No Game Day co-founder, Ethan Vaughn. What's going on, gentlemen? What's going on, Ryan and Ethan? How's your week been? Pretty good, pretty good. Got a lot of stuff going on, but excited to get back to football. Mine haven't been that well. Someone old let with me down, man. Let me down. Oh, man. I know. I know. It's a shame. Come in a little bit of a theme, huh? Yes. All right, so uh, let's get right into it. Obviously, very disappointing 27-21 loss for Florida State on Saturday. I I was at the game. Or Ethan was at the game. And, of course, in Tallahassee for the game he was watching. But uh, definitely a lot to talk about. So let's just jump right into it before we get to previewing Wake Forest and what are some things that you guys saw against NC State that you did not expect to see from FSU's uh, side of the ball? I thought going into the NC State game, there was a clear blueprint for FSU to lose that game. It was definitely possible. But I thought the way it would happen is that defense plays a good game, but um, you got a true freshman quarterback coming in, stepping in, starting in his first game ever, and he just kind of doesn't get the job done. The offensive line doesn't protect them very well. The running game doesn't do a whole lot, and Florida State loses the game. That's not exactly what happened. The defense didn't live up to expectations. I didn't think the effort on that side of the ball was very good at all. Um, They weren't horrible, and I think what really stands out was the fact that, especially the second half, they gave up methodical drives. NC State was getting six, six yards of play four yards of play, just bopping down the field on little short throws and, and little gimmicky plays to get the ball into um, Jalen Samuels' hand, and and they just kind of moved down the field that way. And that's what made it seem worse. And then, you, of course, you have the um, traditional 60-plus yard touchdown that FSU seems to give up almost every single game on a coverage bust. So uh, it really wouldn't be an FSU game if that didn't happen. I uh, I did not definitely did not expect to see NC State drive the ball methodically down the field. I did expect to see a big play, which we saw, but I did not expect to see them dominate as far as time of possession and stuff like that goes. Uh, I did not expect James Blackman to, to perform nearly as well as he did, and that's not a knock on the kid, but for his first game, I thought he looked very, very promising. I mean, I thought he looked better than Sean McGuire, Everett Golson ever did, and I thought in his first game, he, he showed that he's capable of a lot of things Francois isn't. Namely, the deep ball um, accuracy, which Francois wasn't necessarily a weakness, but I think Blackman clearly has a a strong knack for throwing the deep ball. Also, I did not expect to see Tate dominate quite as much as he did. I mean, I knew Tate's a good receiver, but I always kind of thought of him as a one-trick pony as far as being like a red zone jump ball guy. Um, I haven't really known him to be a receiver that beats people deep, which he did on Saturday, and he also had eight receptions in the first half, which he's not too much of a a possession, get open consistently receiver in the past, but it's definitely encouraging that he was on Saturday and that it, it, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it looks like he is going forward. Right. Me, I thought I was very disappointed in the the intensity of the game from both sides of the ball. I didn't really pay too much attention on special teams because you can't really see special teams from the TV copy. My family was mm-hmm. at the game, but I was at the house watching the game. I just feel like 
the same thing that have hunted us doesn't matter if Blackman, Francois, whoever's in that quarterback, we're still being hunted by the same thing. We can't protect nobody right now, and that's the one thing that has me worried about going forth with this freshman. Considering mm-hmm. his, his body size, he has all the ability. He will be special. He'll break a lot of records at Florida State in his time. But I, I just don't know if we keep facing defensive linemen that can rush and get to the quarterback without Max protecting, well, this kid is going to get hurt. That's just my opinion. I think that um, he did all he could do for a freshman. He did very well in some areas. In some areas, you could tell the inexperience. I thought we put a lot on his plate for his first game out against a very experienced defensive line with a lot of talent. I thought we put a lot on his plate, and I think he – I thought that he answered the bell on most of them. But you could see he missed some guys that was open that would have been big plays. And we just we have a lot of work to do. You figure being off for two and a half weeks that our team will be ready to play. With me being an ex so I, and – I just didn't see the fire there, man. And that's kind of disappointing. I agree, definitely. So if you guys were Jimbo Fisher, you saw what the three-week layoff did to the intensity and maybe other factors contributed to that. And you saw how we how FSU performed against NC State and against Alabama. So if you're Jimbo Fisher, what are you harping on this week in practice? And if you can change a couple things about the team just going into this week against Wake Forest, what are you changing? Ethan, I'll start with you. Like, what are you, what what are you harping I, on in practice? Harping on in practice? Are I you mean, fo- just, focusing on intensity? Are you making them sign I promise I letters am. to give effort? I, like, don't know, I don't know if I'm at a promise letter point yet, but, I mean, I think there was just certain examples where there definitely was, I had some effort questions. Um, I, I don't, I just don't get it. Um, against Alabama, I know it was a, it was an indoor game, an indoor night game, but that defensive line, was consider- they were on the field a lot because Florida State had turnovers. And they still they held up the whole game and played well the whole game. But then you look at the game on sun- or Saturday and the defensive line, I mean, I, I know I vividly remember Josh Sweat looking gassed and, and, and just kind of not really loafing, but just looking gassed in the first quarter. And then you, you, as the game progressed, especially into the second half, that defensive line was getting blown off the ball to the point where you had um, Demarcus Christmas and Derek Naughty making first contact with running backs like four yards past the line. So, so you're harping on what that conditioning? I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's conditioning or if it's an effort point. I don't know. I don't know if they're legit out of shape. Um, I don't know what the deal is. Personally, I'm harping on red zone offense. FSU's red zone offense has been. Horrific. I mean, it's so the worst in the nation, so yeah, yeah or like the second worst in the nation. So yeah. Horrific so far this year. Uh, I think FSU needs to call more aggressive plays in the red zone. It seemed like when we got there, down there on Saturday, Jimbo is um, kind of content. Not, And I understand from a, from the perspective that you have a freshman quarterback and the, the, the windows are smaller in the red zone. Granted, you have a 12th defender in the, in the back of the end zone, but I think you definitely need to be more aggressive because you can't win a game. You will rarely win a game when you kick five field goals. Like that's just so hard to do when you're set unless you're unless you're getting in the red zone every drive, which uh, we were not on Saturday. So I think I'm harping on red zone offense and turning turning red zone trips into touchdowns and not field goals. Cool. Well, I think. 
What are you harping on in practice as a coach? What do you think this this team? What would your message be? I I, I will be definitely trying to get us back to more of the on defense, more to the Alabama style that we played on defense and offense. We need to try to build off the, this game on offense and put it all together. I think that uh, we're just not clicking on all cylinders. Me, me, once again, me saying what I said earlier, me being a former player, it just was a style of football we played with at Florida State on defense that it was relentless. No matter what the score was, who we was playing, I just don't see that right now. You know, they, they said these guys are four or five stars coming in. Maybe we need to start looking for some football players and stop looking at these stars because I'm not seeing four and five star performance. Absolutely. Definitely not four and five star effort. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, what What do you guys think, Ethan, or Ethan? I know we talked about this a little, but we can go more into detail now. What do you guys think? What's your evaluation of the coaching staff? Um, at this at this point, what position? You, you don't even have to name names if you don't want to, but what positions um, do you think we might need to go the other direction in as far as positional coaches or uh, just the staff in general? What are your What are your thoughts, Ethan? Uh, based on results, I think that you're seeing that whatever message that the coaching staff is preaching, it's just not making its way effectively to the the players. Uh, otherwise, I don't know how to explain the fact that there's continued effort issues. And I still don't even get it really because these players are playing for themselves. Ultimately, they're playing to try and get themselves into the league. And some of them, I mean, we saw it happen even in 2014 with uh, Darby and PJ Williams, how they basically in 2014 played themselves out of the first round. And even though now that they're back in the NFL and both of them are pretty successful in the NFL so far, even though PJ Williams has been dealing with injuries, I just think that. There needs to be. I definitely think there needs to be changes. I, I don't. It's stale, uh, and I think that's the worst thing that you can have on a coaching staff is when it becomes stale and there's no fresh exchange of ideas and everything's kind of like a confirmation bias where you're you're also like minded because you've been around each other and coaching with each other for so long that you just bounce things off of one each other one another and every everybody agrees with everybody and nobody challenges anybody's point of view. So I think they need to to definitely change and I think there's a couple coaches on staff at least two that are getting old enough and everybody knows who they are that they probably need to start looking into retirement so that they don't get fired I think um but I, I again and I I would fire several coaches based on the results so far this year and last year but I I don't have any confidence yet that Jimbo Fisher will do the same. Jimbo's never fired a coach at Florida State. so Exactly. He is, I mean, the, the people who have left have left, uh, maybe have been asked to leave, but, but most likely have just been taking other positions. I definitely think that Jimbo's comfortable with the staff he has now as far as, like, not necessarily yes man, yes men, uh, but, but definitely that they're not challenging him. And I think that that, in, in and of itself is a problem because there's no, like you said, Ethan, there's no like drive or fire, but there's also no young blood. Like what is, what are these coaches coaching for, Ethan? The young, well, the, what are they coaching for? Like what is their, like they've all won a title. They've all had great 
they've already played, they've already coached, they're not, nobody's trying to make a name for themselves, nobody's trying to, do you understand what I'm saying? There's no... I, that's what I'm saying, if you look like, at the staff, the youngest one's 42. The youngest they, one's 42, and then the next youngest is 49. There so is nobody me, trying to, like, on the come up, there's no young, exciting person who's out there just grinding 18 hours a day. That's I do eight, not see that on this staff. I'll ask you this, Ryan. On the staff right now, who do you think is really, do you think any of them are really trying for an upgrade in terms no. of their job? Like The only person I could name would be... Position, the position coaches are trying to become coordinators. I, I don't no, really care. Head coaches, zero. I don't see any of them. Zero. Zero position coaches. I'll say Damian Craig's probably trying to become, get upgraded, but he's he's just added... Added this year, and he's not a not a position. He's coach. not even a coach. Yeah, he's exactly. not even a coach. So no, I agree that there's nobody trying to do anything, and that creates a problem with competition because if there's no, as you know, Corey and as Ethan and I know as competitors, there's no well, if there's no competition, there's no motivation, there's no there's no you're not there's no iron sharpening iron, there's no, none of that happening, which I think is the state we're in, a Florida State, and I do think that. Like, yes, you can. Like, I'm not asking by any stretch fire Jimbo. There's maybe two coaches, maybe probably three coaches. And there's three coaches right now that are better coaches that are upgrades. And and Urban Meyer, uh, definitely Urban Meyer, Nick Saban. And then you make the argument for Dabo Sweeney just because of the fire he is is coaching with and the assistance he is surrounding himself with. You you make the argument for Dabo Sweeney because he's won a national championship against Alabama and he's also won a playoff game and made it back to the national championship in back-to-back years, and that's something that Jimbo Fisher hasn't done. If so Jimbo he Fisher, pretty automatically gets a nod for me right now. If Jimbo Fisher had Brent Venables, what, what would your thoughts be, though, Ethan? If you switch Charles Kelly and I, Brent Venables... Okay, that's something that Jimbo... That's on Jimbo. No, Jimbo no, no, I know. I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but, but right, would you not then give Jimbo the nod? That's what I'm saying. That's the type of hire that Jimbo needs to make in order to get... Exactly, this, and this they, they do not have Brent, Ven- uh, Brent Venable's level defensive coordinator right now at all in any sense of the word. I think they did in Jeremy Pruitt. I do not think that they do in who they currently employ to fill the defensive coordinator position at Florida State. Okay, well, we have a fan question about, uh, this is a little bit more about X's and O's. This question comes from at CMRDU on Twitter. And the question is, and Corey, you can definitely chime in on this as a coach. So he wants to know, or he or she wants to know, why are we playing eight yards, eight plus yards off wide receivers versus NC State as if they have Randy Moss at wide receiver? And why are we so soft in general? I, I suppose he's saying on D. So so I guess the, the question is, why, why are we not pressing more? Why are we not, it sounds like blitzing more, causing more pressure? Uh, on on quarterbacks and being more aggressive on defense, uh, Corey, if you if you think you have an answer to that, feel free to chime in, Ethan, as well. Uh, number, uh, the number one thing about it is that that's not true about the way our kids play because the week before the week we played Alabama, we played a lot of press coverage. I and thought I th- I when I read this question, I I agree with you, Corey. I think a lot our boundary corner Tavares McFadden almost always plays press. I, I was at the game Saturday. I was paying attention to this as well. However, our field corners, and this is more of a, like a scheme thing, I think, because Marquez White did it, Darby did it, um, and and certainly Levante Taylor's doing it this year. Is they always play like it looks like twelve to fifteen yards off the ball. That's because so, of, that's so I, maybe that's more, a scheme thing. It's more of a scheme. 
them them want to play off eight or nine yards, but people don't even realize in the NFL we're off nine yards in the NFL uh, before the ball is snapped. But uh, understand this. I'm going to go back to what y'all was talking about beyond the question about guys need to be fired. Or, this is too early in the season. We There needs to be some inside changes, but it's not that, that's not the problem right now. The problem is do we have the players that we say we recruited as players, and can we get them to go and live up to their potential? The but problem isn't that is coaching, that, Corey? The, the, the coaching no, problem no. is not just this year. It's been the last several years. And it, but isn't issues. getting the players to perform at the level you recruited them at, isn't it's developing not. part of coaching? Yeah, they're developing players, but nobody has some of them in the NFL. At the end of the day, a lot of these kids see themselves in different light. This is, a, this is the ultimate team sport. It is hard to get kids, even in college. Um, Nick Saban is He's so good at it. They're doing a good job at Clemson. They're doing a good job at Florida State now, guys. Just remember now, 2013, we just played for the National Championship. That was four years ago. So it's not like we, we, we're far off the horse. You got to understand, we lost a starting quarterback in the first game of the season. That was a big blow to our team. That was a big blow to, to go from a starter to a true freshman. Yeah, but what does that have to Ohio do with State, Ohio yeah. State lost their starting quarterback and won the national championship a couple but, of years uh, later. Corey, just the, the question, we'll stick to Alabama, though, or to Florida State, though. We can we can ignore Ohio State for now because cause he wasn't a true freshman, Ethan. But what what does that have to do with the defense? What does that have to do with the special teams errors against Alabama? The question, what does that have to do with losing to North Carolina at home last year? What does that have to do with losing to Louisville 62 to, t- to 13 or 10 or 20 or whatever that was? I I don't even remember. In, in, in football, in football, those those are the problems. Listen, in football, you have games where you wake up on a Saturday morning or Sunday or Friday night, you felt like you was, you had a great game playing, you go out and dominate, and the ball game gets out of control so quick that you can't corral it back in. When you when you y'all you, you said something else about those teams we play every week, Florida State, and this is where it comes in at where it's a personal challenge, not just from coaches. From players, every week, Florida State, if they play Florida a m if they play Bethune-Cookman, we're going to get the best Florida a m the best Bethune-Cookman. So we're going to get the best North Carolina. We're going to get the best NC State. We spoke about this last week about the defensive line. They defense, you win football games in the trenches. That's not a, a schematic thing. That's not a coaching thing. That's a hard thing. I just don't see the will and grit that we need to win these games right now. I know we have talent. I think that the staff needs to be looked at by Jimbo, but that's not my call. But the games that we lost, we legitimately had issues in them. The games that we won, we had issues in them, but we found a way to win them. All right, Corey, let me ask you this. How many wide receivers do you think FSU's had drafted in the last 10 years? Um... They've not had very many drafted. They've had one going the first round. I think Rashad Green went in the third or fourth round. I, I don't remember no, no second rounders. No, you had you got two in the last ten years. You got one first rounder in Kelvin Benjamin. I think Rashad was the fifth. I could be wrong though. It was fourth or fifth, somewhere around there. But do you think a program of, of FSU stature? With the quarterbacks FSU's had. The quarterbacks that FSU's had and the consistently good offenses that FSU has had under Jimbo Fisher, do you think 
that it is acceptable to only have two wide receivers drafted in 10 years? Or do you think that's another position that needs to be looked at? Uh, I, I don't think our receivers have been the problem in college. The NFL is a different type of game. It's a different type of animal. They don't draft teams. They draft talent. They draft players. So that's that's not a good argument or reason to fire a coach just because guys are not being drafted. There's good coaches that never get players drafted. They're just good college players. So give me another one. The question you should be asking is, do our receivers produce? They do produce. So it's not that's not the problem. The receiver coaches. But over the, the last several over the last several years, I'd argue that they that they I, I guess have been a decent group, but they've been less than stellar. It's a pretty good uh, point by Corey, though. Like that, it's not like that. Our receivers have been lackluster. I mean, last year we had good receivers. Year before that, we had good receivers. How many last people year we turning, had good receivers. How, well, how many? Okay, Ethan. How many people are turning Bobo Wilson, Kermit Whitfield, and Travis Rudolph into draft pick? I would. I would venture. Okay, to say Travis Rudolph hit his ceiling. Like I would say that he. he was you developed. can argue that, but then, but it's also your job as a coach to recruit. Okay. Ethan, no, I no, I completely oh, understand. I agree with you. I don't think. I don't think that. I think it's a hundred percent on the wide receiver coach. I'm just okay. saying. I mean, when you look at the, the wide receivers that Clemson has turned out, it's absolute monsters. Yeah, but that's also at the Florida best State. school in the country. That's just the that's you got to okay, look at Alabama. They started, for they started somewhere, but but look at Florida, Alabama, Georgia, more comparable. All right, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Ethan. Since you want to use other universities, Alabama's played for five national titles or six since Nick Saban's been there. How many quarterbacks they had drafted in the first round? It, it doesn't have to do with the coach. People recruit players for their scheme. NFL recruit talent, number one. We've had first-round draft pick off of the lineman, and we haven't had good off of the line play. So that's not, a, that's not a good question to ask about hiring and firing coaches. I think FSU's had one, let's see, who they had one first-round offensive lineman. Um, I know for sure. <laughs> did I can't remember, did Menelik Watson go in the first round? I, I don't think, think so. I think Hudson, Watson, and and Cam Irving did. Right. I know. Okay. So they got, okay. They have, all, they have all the same. Three of those, all three. They have the same offer. Don't tell me about it. they've been cut. They've been traded. They had the same offensive of line coach that they have there now. That that your question. No, they have not been. They, Rodney Hudson is a, a star in the league. Rodney Hudson Cam, was a, he was a second round draft pick. He won the first round. He won. He won the first, second round. Second or third round. He didn't go in the first round. But my, my point is is you have you have more guys succeeding in the NFL at the offensive line position than you do at, at wide receiver. Because most of our receivers are the game is trans transcending to big guys. Our big guys they're not they don't do them a do jump ball in college. You have to develop them for the NFL. Now you might you might question their development, but in college they're doing their job in college. That's not our problem. We didn't drop balls on Saturday. I just think I think the there's problem a problem. With, I nobody. think a problem when Florida State is. I mean, I think I like the wide receiver core, but I don't know exactly what I like. I think Auden Tate has exceeded my expectations, and even Keith Gavin did against Alabama. But last weekend, I, I think Nooney Murray is pretty much. I think that may is probably more of a Nooney Murray issue than it is a coaching issue. But there, there's been some issues there. But I think there's a problem. I mean, this is really. We're getting way off topic, but I think there's a problem with a program of Florida State stature trots out Lobo Wilson, um, Whitfield, and Travis Rudolph as their starting three receivers. I just think there's a problem with that. Happens, right. But that was last year. All right, let's move on to, to Wake Forest because, like like I said, I believe after the, the Alabama game, we still got now, what, nine more games? Uh, so yeah. let's, let's, uh, let's focus on the next one because I think 
we could. I mean, it's a lose, definitely a losable game, right, Ethan? You said it was, you said last week, which I got to tip the cap to you. Said NC is a very losable game, and you were one hundred percent right. Um, you said you would not be surprised at all to see us lose, and you were right. So, what what are you guys' initial thoughts on Wake Forest before we dive into the matchups? I, I think that again, losable game. I mean, Wake Forest is not the, I, I guess, the scariest atmosphere to go into but same same scenario applies um true freshman quarterback on the road don't know really know what's gonna happen although he did look good last week and, and the thing was that i mean honestly if you really want to get down into the nitty-gritty of things where if you had to rank fsu's player performances last week where do you rank blackman's like i think it's got to be top five for sure if Definitely. not top three Definitely. so uh, he wasn't the problem last week which is kind of scary for me going forward because if he actually does become a problem if, if there is a meltdown somewhere, which is not out of the question for a true freshman quarterback, you know, if we if you lose at Doke to NC State and your true freshman quarterback isn't the reason, I don't think there's many games going forward that you can look at and say these games aren't losable. So point. I think I think Wake Forest is again a losable game. I don't I I don't think they'll lose, but it's it's in the realm a realm of possibility. So. I mean, I, I don't don't really know what to say other than that. Certainly, Corey. Last week you said that F- we shouldn't even be talking about FSU and NC State being close game. So after maybe being humbled by that comment by uh, the performance on Saturday, you think Wake Forest will be close, or you think uh, FSU will handle them, bounce back, and get a nice victory? No, you gotta understand when I make my statements. I'm making it from past yeah. experience. North Carolina State, I don't care if they had eight defensive linemen that's projected going in the first round. They do not man for man have the talent that Florida State has. Wake Forest does not have the, the talent that Florida State has. These games with a freshman or a senior quarterback still should not be close. We have, on paper, that much more talent than these schools. These schools may get one four-star Every three years, Wake Forest has zero four stars and five stars. I can just throw. I know that for a fact. I'll throw that out for you now. What was the score of the game last year? Uh, seventeen to six in tally. Okay. So we so they didn't score a touchdown, but we only scored two. So you got seventeen to six last year in Tallahassee. I think the year before that was twenty-eight to twenty. These these games have been close the last few years. Uh, what? So that's eight and eleven, and. And so last year you had Dalvin Cook on your team, and both years you had Dalvin Cook on your team. Exactly, first, both first two years. But but last Dalvin's year Dalvin's first in carry. In, I was gonna say Dalvin's first carry in 2015 was a 93 yard touchdown run. Touchdown against yeah. But this is the thing. But still, there's a, there's that's a what different I'm type. There's the a game was losable. There's a different type intensity. Our guys are not looking at them the same way they're looking at us, and but it's a different situation. We haven't been 0-2 since 1989 where we lost two games back-to-back. So there's got to be a different intensity, a different way we look, a different way we play this week. So instead of us being hunted, we're doing the hunting this week. We're hunting. Yeah. So it's, there, it's there, a there, mi- there it's has a to be a different level of intensity. It's got to be a different mindset this week because we're 0-2. So the game that's been close, I think this time around it will be a blowout. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, there's got to be a different level of intensity. There should be a different level of intensity after being 0-1. But now, I, I mean, I guess you can chalk it up maybe to three weeks off, weird circumstances with the hurricane and everything. If you want to chalk up a lack of intensity or, I don't know, just a lack of game readiness to that, which I think is questionable. But now there's there's literally no excuse for not playing well or not bringing the intensity this week I, if they don't bring the intensity this week uh, as much as i hate to say it you could be looking at a five six seven win season if if they're not gonna if the team just is already gone to the point where they're not gonna bring intensity after starting out one two i just the chips are just gonna fall where they fall. I, I agree okay so forests uh pass defense is 46 and the run defense is 50th so pretty average i don't think florida state uh, well, I mean, I don't know, obviously, what the game is, but, I mean, Wake has only had six sacks in four games, which is 89th in the country, so that definitely bodes well for James Black and the offensive line of Florida State, which has been struggling so far this season. And, I mean, those six sacks came against four teams of Wake Forest played have been Presbyterian, State, Boston College, and App State. So there's there's definitely no offensive juggernauts there or especially talented offensive lines in that group that and and yeah. Wake still only has six sacks. So I think But y'all was just talking about we need, y'all was just talking about we need to fire some coaches and our offensive line hadn't blocked nobody in two games. This may be the game to get four or five sacks. If they get four or five sacks and I mean I can't say that I'd be super surprised because I mean the offensive line has been porous for a couple years now. But I don't think they will, for sure, out of the realm of possibility, no. But I, like I said, I think that I think this game is going to be close. As much as Florida State fans are probably going to hate to hear it, I, this game is going to be close. And well, it's not, Florida, I don't even think Florida, they should hate to hear it. If Florida State, and Wake, been, if Florida State and Wake Forest be close, and you just told me they got four sacks and four games, just barely a sack a game, I might quit coaching. Yeah, Corey, they were close last year and the year before. They, they were, Dalvin Cook was – Argue the greatest, or definitely top two running back in Florida State history. We lean on, was Davin, on the team. We, 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 we draw everything around David. Now Jumbo is going to get creative and give the ball to everybody. That's number one. Number if two, that, we're on two. We got to play our backs against the wall. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. We're not, we haven't lost two games in a row since 1989. We're not ranked in the top 25. Everybody got the spotlight directly on Florida State. And we play on a team that we should get well on Wake Forest. I don't care about what we've done in the last two years. Yesterday's scores don't win today's ball game. They can look at that and say, well, we played good last year. They still lost. Right, so I don't think anybody's predicting them to win, just saying it's going to be close. And, and I'll be, if Florida State wins by double digits, uh, let's put, I don't know, uh, let's make a, a Twitter obvious bet or something. 17, what do you say, 17 points or more? I don't think, I think it'll be within 17 points for sure. Oh, well, 100%. I, I think it, I think it hovers right around the, the margin between single, digit, single digits and and double digits. So, so then let's get right into our predictions then. And uh, I'll, who, do you, who, who wants to start? Does anybody have a prediction for sure that they feel confident in? Corey, you seem to think FSU wins by a lot. So you don't have to give a prediction because I know you don't like giving score predictions. But do you have a how much maybe we're, a margin I'm, of victory? I'm gonna go, go against what y'all said. Y'all said seventeen or less. 
It's going to be 17 or more. We have our backs against the wall. But one thing about the Noble Nation, we know how to fight from the bottom, okay? I've been part against Wyatt right, Wyatt left, and all that. I just need my guys to pick up their intensity, their love for the game. We've lost these two games. Shake it off. We still got 10 games we got to play for and a bowl game. We got a lot of football left. Not ready to throw the... Not ready to throw the chickens out to the wolves right yet. I don't know what y'all been thinking about all week long. Y'all get on the podcast, y'all down in them nose. Are y'all really nose? Are y'all just pop uh, impersonators? Are y'all y'all really nose? You don't have to be a nose to be a realist, Corey. And I'm I'm an opt- I'm more optimistic than anybody. But I'm not gonna sit here and say I think I would I think I'd lose my credibility if I didn't say that we're gonna win by two, by twenty or thirty every week because at, at the end of the day, next next Wednesday night, I have to come on here and answer to that. So I'm going to – I'm gonna. would I like Florida State to win by 100? Of course. But I say my score prediction for this game will be 21 to 10, Florida State. And that's probably uh, – I mean, that's definitely an optimistic take, but, but uh, one I, pr- I feel pretty confident in. I think uh, Florida State's defense, whether it's because of intensity or just Wake Forest's lack of, of defense – or lack of offense and offensive firepower – um, I think I think Florida State definitely holds them to less than two touchdowns, and I think I think FSU can get three three tu- three scores because I don't think Wake Forest's run defense is nearly as good as NC State and uh, Alabama, and that should definitely uh, us being able to run should definitely open up uh, the whole offense to Jimbo, um, or at least the entire offense that James Black knows thus far. Ethan, I'm gonna go 17-10 Florida State. And I'm just going to say that FSU needs to be able to run the ball inside the 20s. And they also need to utilize their tight ends, um, Ryan Izzo and Maven Saunders, quite a bit more. They could be best friends for a brand-new quarterback, and they're being criminally underutilized right now, in my opinion. All right, sounds good. Uh, That wraps us for this week. We'll be on next Wednesday to break down the Miami game and talk about hopefully this Wake Forest W. But, Corey, if you don't hear the spear... You don't hear nothing about Florida State football, baby. Yes, sir. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.